Welcome back there, Islanders. This is Sweet Tea over here with Bombo. We're going to give you an instant reaction to week two of the fantasy football season. Listen, Bombo, this was a crazy, crazy week. There was all kinds of stuff popping. Guys were popping that we didn't even expect. Guys that weren't even on our radar. Shit happened to a lot of guys. Guys are now getting evaluated because of injuries. We'll talk about that later in the week. But I just want to give the listeners a little bit of a sneak preview about what happened. King was right. One of the things he said was spot on with Anthony Richardson. But we'll get to that one later. Bombo, I want to throw out just a couple names to you and kind of get your reaction and your feelings about these guys that kind of blew up this week. Guys that weren't expected to blow up that all of a sudden, hell, they came out of nowhere. One of them, I got to say, I'm going to give you mad props right now because it came from your mouth first out of all three of us, but you were one of the first guys. Talking heads weren't even talking about this guy, Puka Nakua. Tell me your thoughts about the kind of game he had breaking a rookie record today. Thanks, T. Yeah, and you know, like we always say on the island, we uh, walk it like we talk it. And you know me, we were in leagues, and I picked up Nakua as soon as, as, soon as we could. Um, Got him this, too. I got him in one of them too. Yeah. So 20 targets, 15 catches. I mean, this guy's putting up wide receiver one numbers with zero touchdowns so far on the year. We've said it on the show before. He is Cooper Cup until Cooper Cup gets back. And now I think that when Cooper Cup gets back, he just becomes Robert Woods. And they're going to go with the one-two punch, having these guys pick apart zone defenses. And what he was doing today that I like was he was picking apart man. People were saying that Puka didn't have the athletic profile of someone that could beat top-end coverage, and he was beating guys down the field. I mean, it's, it's no fluke if you got 20 targets and 15 catches. That's not a fluke. That's not being peppered or overexposed in the offense. That's getting open and being in the right spots. Stafford and the Rams are looking pretty good. If it wasn't San Francisco, they might have won the game, but San Francisco, owns, San Francisco owns them, so it was what it was. But no one expected it to be that close, and expects this offense to be hitting like it is hitting right now. To your point, though, Bombo, I got to say this. Watching Puka play today, he was going for contested jump balls and coming down with them. I mean, this guy, I saw him climb the ladder a few times and, and in double coverage. It, it was just it was a, a thing of beauty to see. And I love the fact that you were essentially the first one that I heard of any pundits out there calling his name and telling everybody, this is the guy that you got to get. Yeah, even one thing I noticed about Puka today, he was dealing with an injury through the week. He caught something in practice with um, an oblique or a rib. Usually when it's the rib, they'll say it's an oblique just so people don't get too worried about it being a bone. But if you notice, he's smart. He's a smart player. When he was catching balls, he was going down in a way that he wasn't going to do anything to either risk either losing the ball or re-aggravating that injury. So kind of like what we see usually from Cooper Cup where he gets it and he's just fighting for those extra yards. It wasn't like Puka was bitching out. He was just knowing when to go down and, and, and extend the play that way. So I think he's a cerebral player, um, which makes up for some of what they call his athletic indifferent, like his athletic inabilities. That's a really good point there, Bombo. All right, I got another guy that I'm going to throw out to you today. It's a wide receiver. He had himself a game, balling out. Second-year guy, Nico Collins, seven receptions for 146 yards and a tutty. What say you, Bombo? 
So right now in Houston, we're just trying to see exactly what they have. I, I have a theory that Houston, I'm not going to say tank is tanking, but I think with D'Amico Ryan's there, they're trying to elevate that defense and stack as much defense as possible because I think they think they have the weapons right now on offense, maybe a couple of players off, but Nico Collins looked like a number one wide receiver. He put up number one wide receiver numbers. And if, if anyone has red zone or, you know, you were watching that game, he was catching everything that they were throwing at him. And it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect dots that were being thrown to him. He has a huge catch radius. He's, he high points the ball. His touchdown in the back of the end zone literally looked like it was being thrown away and he came down with it. So as long as, as long as Stroud keeps on throwing to him and as long as they keep, they have the green light, I think Nico Collins is going to be a target and reception monster. And he's going to be playing in garbage time. That's true. That's true. Especially for those fantasy owners that are looking to get points. It almost looks like they're playing street ball out there, the way that they're mm -hmm. throwing. I mean, they're just kind of having fun. They're just playing like, you know, when you, when you were a kid and you'd play some street football and you would be pointing at your guy and you had your, your finger in your palm. Okay. You go this yeah. way and you go that yeah. way. And I'm going to throw it to here. That's what it looks like. I mean, they're just playing loose and fun. Uh, it, it, that's what it looks like to me. All right. We're going to switch gears here, Bombo, and we're going to go into a running back mode. A couple of running backs that we want to talk about real fast, and I'm going to throw at you. One of them was on a Thursday night, still week two, but holy crap. We were talking shit about him because he only had two rushes all of week one, but now all of a sudden he blew up. And I mean, Jesus, this guy had 175 yards and a tutty had himself a game. And of course, I'm talking about DeAndre Swift from the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you think about that performance there, Bombo? Yeah, T, week one gave us the big okey-doke. We, we, were we were told that Kenneth Gainwell was the man in the Philly backfield. And that may have been true, but then he caught that injury and he couldn't go on a short turnaround for this Thursday night game. Next man up was Swift. And it's going to be real hard to at least not envision this being a 50-50 split backfield, if anything probably leaning more 60-40 to Swift, just how swift he looked. He had faster feet. He was hitting the hole hard. Um, he pretty much was keeping them in that game by pacing the Eagles offense. And, of course, when you're dealing with the Eagles, you're going to have a couple of touchdowns vultured by Jalen Hurts. He's just that dynamic of a runner. But on, in that game, I wouldn't have been surprised if DeAndre Swift ended with three touchdowns and, like, 40 fantasy points. So I think... Philly has themselves a recipe for success if they can get the ground game going with Swift. I think he's the most talented guy in that backfield. You, me, and King have always believed he's the most talented guy in that backfield. I don't think Kenneth Gainwell is going anywhere, but it's good to know that when one of those guys goes down, they have a DeAndre Swift that can pick up the slack. No, excellent point there, Bombo. Actually, you know what? You know, this, the, the crazy thing for me is, is when I'm looking at Swift this week compared to week one, it almost feels like week one, whatever happened, he was just looking for retribution. He was looking to prove himself to say, I'm that guy and I'm going to show you I'm that guy. Whatever that was that happened during week one, it's like, nope, this is going to be different. And he just ran with purpose. He just ran crazy. So that, that was, you know, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. The thing that pissed me off about this thing the most was I had him in my fucking bench. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Fucking bench. Are you kidding everyone. me? Everyone. Are no you one, kidding me? Nobody wanted to roll the dice after that week one thing. And that's what I'm talking about where, hey, 
I know that these coaches don't care about our fantasy teams, but give us a bone here. Like, give us something. Don't make me think that this guy's in the doghouse. And then the very day, and then three days later, you give the guy 30 carries and 25 on a touches. short week. On a short week. But hey, we've ah. always, we preach it. We've preached it on the island before. Talent's going to win out when it comes down to something like that. True. True. All right, Bombo, I'm going to go ahead and throw the last guy out at you, sticking with the running back theme. Tonight's game, Raheem Mostert, he really didn't do that much. He only had 121 yards and two tutties. I mean, this guy had himself a hell of a game. Miami looked good. That offense, I should say, looked good. Uh, their D is sus, just like you, you know, you and I were kind of talking about pre before we recorded. But Mostert looked good, man. Mostert looked really strong running that ball today and uh, had himself a game. What do you think? Yeah, we knew that going into it that Belichick was going to try to do all he could to eliminate the like instant offense that you get with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You can just throw it up there. You know they're there. They're going to get it, even if they're covered, and they're probably not because those guys get open like a ton. So you knew Belichick was probably going to let them have to lean on the run, and they succeeded. They actually had... um Sylvan Ahmed running, getting a lot of run earlier in the game, and he got pulled. I think it was a shoulder injury or something like that. The rookie Devin Archain, Ar Ar he had a little bit of a, a little bit of run, and then Mostert just got his footing. And you could see the the look on the sideline from the coach when Mostert was breaking off big runs. He knew he was going to keep on riding him. He knew that was the horse for the game. And when the passing wasn't working out, they leaned on the run, and it was successful. I think Belichick was willing to to die on that hill. And if they were going to beat him on the ground, they were going to beat him on the ground. But what they didn't anticipate was two touchdowns and over a hundred yards coming from Mostert. This guy is lightning quick. He's one cut and go. He's perfect for that zone running scheme that they try to run. They got him from San Francisco. He just never has stayed healthy. And when they said it today, earlier on the broadcast, they said that he's the old man in the running back room, but he was like, Hey, I was in special teams for the first four years. I still got some tread on, on the tires and he showed it today. I'm still saying for anybody out there that drafted uh, Jonathan Taylor, you could still knock on wood that there may be a Miami trade if they think that they have to go in all, all in like that. But Mostert wouldn't be going anywhere. I think until there's another running back there, he's probably an RB2 or a solid flex that you could put in your lineup every week. How about a uh, little conspiracy theory? How about a little Cam Akers over there? Oh, What's man. Hey, that we got to touch on that this week too. Cam Akers being a, a healthy scratch 30 minutes before the game. And then they're them coming out and saying he's on the trade block. And Cam Akers, he was putting his cleats on. He didn't even know this. He was completely blindsided. This is a lot of drama going on with the Rams and this guy. Well, it's just, I think it's McVay and him. There, there's just something between them. They there's just, something. They just never, yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. hey, but before we call this instant reaction over, there's a couple things that I want to throw out to you, just a couple names uh, that we will be covering later on in the week, but I just kind of want to throw them out there. Guys that uh, went down with injuries this week, notable, Saquon, Devontae Adams, to your point, in garbage time, like what you were telling me earlier, that pisses off a lot of uh, fantasy owners because it didn't need to happen. Wilson and Richardson, those are some of the four key guys I don't know. It just kind of seems like uh, it's it's a hard pill to swallow in week two. Hopefully nothing is too serious with any of these guys. Yeah, we'll touch on the injuries later on in the week and see how they're doing. Hopefully some of these guys are back for your lineups. 
and maybe maybe too optimistic to think Saquon can do it with a turnaround coming off of any type of ankle sprain in a Thursday night game, but more to come later on in the week. And what AT, one thing I want to touch on, the Bears. I know the Bears did not ball out the way they should, but they showed flashes of what they need to do, and what they need to do is get the ball in the hands of Roshan Johnson and DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I love that, but yes, you're right. There's a whole other kind of, we could do yeah. just a one show just about how that played out, but hey, <laughs> that's for another day there, Bombo. Yeah. All right, it was always good getting an answer reaction for you. So for Bombo, for T, we are out. Yeah.